0: Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is evangelist Jonathan. I want to begin tonight where I began on the opening night, Mark chapter 16. Jesus rose from the dead. And uh, I feel, I feel, I feel, um, Something's taking place in 2024. For a long time, churches worked together. Now, you can't work together with people you don't have, that don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven and all that. So if there's never going to come a time where all churches work together. But there was a time when Billy Graham would go to a city, you'd have the Presbyterian churches, the Baptist churches, the full gospel churches, and uh, everybody else, Methodists, they'd say, well, now we might have differences in doctrine, but we all agree We all agree that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And so we're going to unite to do evangelism. Well, you can't do that now because the, I'm not knocking Methodists or denominations. I'm telling you their own official position is not, is not that Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's many streams that lead to the same river. That's their official positions now coming out of seminary. In fact, I read today that a lot of the churches overseas in the Methodist church have, are breaking off from the Methodist church for that reason. But um, there was a time that came, like even when my dad was preaching, when I was a little boy, he's still preaching. He preached this afternoon. And I was texting him that he did some of the best I've ever heard. But when he was doing, doing meetings, if he went to an Assemblies of God church in 1991, all the Assemblies of God churches in that area, the pastor would come and bring some people and you'd meet a lot of pastors at a meeting. And then that kind of went away where it's like every man for himself, nobody cares who their sectional leader is. And uh, I noticed that, and I'm just starting to notice this year, like I did that meeting in Los Angeles a couple weeks back, and I said, how many of you are pastors in full-time ministry? And there were 18 there. And then we said, if you want to do a crusade in April, come back and all work together. 14 of the 18 signed up, and who knows, four might have had to leave early or something. I didn't feel any resistance. And then for Pastor Tony to cancel his Wednesday night service, You know, most churches wouldn't do that because they need their offering, which if your ministry's down to its Wednesday night offering, you might as well just board up the windows and shut it down. And so not only to cancel his Wednesday night, he didn't pop it up on the screen that there's a service going on and we encourage you to attend. They got the same quality buses they would use for the Baltimore Ravens or the Washington, whatever the heck you call yourselves now. I gave up after the second team switch. I'm done. I'm going to break the generational curse before I go of sports teams not being able to keep their same name. We're going to go back to the bullets. Amen. That'll be the true sign we're in revival here in Prince George County. So to not only announce there's a meeting, but to load the bus and rent the bus. What financial benefit is there of that to him? It's a double loss in the natural because he's not going to have a Wednesday night offering. And you have to pay the charter bus company to come up. So to do that, I took that between Los Angeles and here that it's a sign that God's going to start doing that again where there's going to come a cooperation of Holy Ghost churches that work together to do great things in regions. Can you say amen? It'll be the right people hooking up. It's not a general rule we can do more together than apart because there's some people I've met them I can definitely do more apart than together with them. But if you get the right people you can do more together than apart. Can you say amen? Why don't you give Pastor Tony and his wife Pastor Karen a big hand clap for coming up here. All their people, we welcome you. Who came two hours or more to drive here today? Glad to have you. Where are you from back in the... Dover, Delaware. Dover, Delaware. You too, Dover, Delaware? What about you in the uh, Delaware where they'll incorporate anything? Go ahead. Where? West Virginia. What part? Spring Mills. Nice to have you from West Virginia. Who else? Two hours or more. All right, go ahead. Tell me. Shout it out. One more time. Lehigh Valley, Valley, Pennsylvania. That's far. That's up uh, two hours north of Philadelphia. Great to have you. Over there, far left. I saw you lift your hand. New York City. I've heard of that. Hoping to go there one day. Great to have you all the way from New York City. Well, tonight's going to... Go ahead. New Jersey. Nice to have you. If New York pops up, New Jersey has to say something. That's how it goes. How many know we're going to have a great night in the presence of God? Well, Mark chapter 16. Let me give you what the Lord put in my spirit for tonight. Mark 16, verse 14. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible says, still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. Then he told them or commanded them. Everybody say commanded. You know, that's something that's kind of lost with us because you're not allowed to command anybody to do anything. Even if you own a company, if you tell one of your employees to do something, they get angry and uh, say, who do you think you are? I I own the company. That's who I am. And I would like you to do this. So there's stuff that's in the Bible that people miss, and it's why Americans, if they're not careful, can miss out on a lot in the Bible. See, even they translated he told them. He didn't tell them, he commanded them. There's a difference between that. And he didn't suggest to them. You know, did your dad suggest to you that you cut the grass on Saturdays? There's a difference. It's not if you get around to it. When Jesus rose from the dead, now think of that. That's a lot to do. Leave heaven, be born of a virgin, endure everything that he did, and then conquer death, and he wasn't done. When he finished, he said, he commanded them, go into all the world, he commanded them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and what? So there should be movement and there should be preaching. Now you don't, now what do you have? When you lay that down, Christianity starts to shrivel in a nation. And if Christianity starts to shrivel in a nation, the nation begins to die. So there's, there's not much movement. There used to have, and I mentioned this Sunday night, churches would send out to Bible school. They would celebrate how many people they were sending to Bible school. You know, we have 41 youth that are leaving this year to go to Bible school, they'd be happy. Now, if churches have anybody that feels called to go to Bible school, they try to talk them out of it. They'll start their own leadership Academy at the church so that they don't leave. And I'm not, you know, our church has a Bible school, but if the reason you started a Bible school was so people don't go to Bible school, that school is going to be cursed. Go. Everybody say, go, go. first word of the great commissions. Go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Bishop Donnie has been the church here uh, the pastor of the church here a long time. But there were many, many years where he preached here on Sunday, took off Sunday afternoon, preached all week, different places, and then came back for Sunday. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, and no doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about. When you get anointed, you go about. You don't even try to. There's just doors that start opening and you start, I mean, look look at you folks from Baltimore. If somebody would have told some of you guys two years ago that on a Wednesday night you're going to get on a bus and go to church for a few hours, they'd say, is my parole officer making me? What, what, what's happening in my life that's going to make that happen? For you to volunteer to move from Baltimore to D.C. to be in a meeting, even that's a sign of the anointing. You start traveling. You start heading out to where you feel to go in your spirit. Go ye into all the world. When Peter wrote his, his epistles, one of the things that he wrote is, when you made mistakes talking to the Christians, you become short-sighted. Everybody say short-sighted. short-sighted. You know, it's easy to say our church wants to change the whole world. But for most people that live in Maryland, Maryland's the whole world. For people who live in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's the whole world. No offense to my friend from New York City, but there's nobody that believes the whole world is in their city like New York. There's New York City, and then there's things that don't matter happening outside of New York City. <laughs> New York City is the only place you go to preach. I mean, if you go out west... They're so used to driving long distances. I have a friend in South Dakota. He's a rancher, 2,500-acre ranch. It's four hours to his nearest Walmart. So people out in the West, they're used to just getting in their truck and going into autopilot and driving forever. He'll, he'll tell me, tell me if you're ever in Wyoming or Colorado. or I mean, I mean like anywhere around there, and he'll come see me. If you go to New York City and you got a friend in Brooklyn, They'll say, tell me if you're ever preaching around here. And I'll say, hey, I'm coming to Brooklyn. Where? 66th Street. Tell me if you're ever south of 35th Street. And I'll come to see you. Because it's like broken into borough. If you're not careful, the Bible says you get short-sighted. Where you only see what's right there. You know, we started a second campus on the direction of the Lord last year in October. October 1st. In Fort Worth, Texas. We have one church in Pittsburgh. One church in Fort Worth. When I announced I was going to do that, we didn't have a plane. God delivered the plane after I made that announcement because God wants people to have their eyes. Stretch forth your eyes and see as far as you can see. You'll be, you'll be on land that I've given to you. God, God doesn't want you to be short-sighted. If I was a normal pastor, I'm not knocking multiple campuses and saying people are out of the will of God that have multiple campuses. But you can tell people are short-sighted because all their churches exist within 30 minutes of each other. It's like all they know is that city. There's a big world out there, and the Bible says you're to go. Everybody say go. Go. You can do television. I'm on television. I was on television up until a year ago. I I, I pulled off because I didn't like the leadership of the station and certain things they were doing. I was on five times a week in prime time in Africa from Cairo, Egypt, to Cape Town, the whole continent. But I told you on Sunday... No matter how much air force strikes they do when when they're going to a country, there has to be troops on the ground. There will never be, you will never be able to substitute a pastor for Facebook or Twitter or a broadcast. People thought you could during the pandemic. You know, some of these guys can't figure out why their churches are still small. Well, you know, why don't you come back to church? There's nothing like being in church. Well, that's not what you were saying for two years. For two years you were saying, whether we meet at home or whether we meet together, it's the same God. No. I would that your men lift up holy hands in the congregation without wrath or doubting. There is nothing like being in a live service with having hands laid on you live, receiving the word of the Lord live. And I know I'm talking to the right people that know that because that's why you're here. Say one more time. Go into all the world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So I covered this Sunday, but not everybody was here. You have to go. And then when you get there, what are you supposed to do? Preach. Not that difficult to understand. And so if you do have anybody that goes, when you question them upon coming back, what did you do? Hey, I heard you went on a missions trip. Yes, we painted three homes, and we passed out bottled water, and we were able to give out socks and backpacks to many of the children that live there. None of those things are wrong. People need paint on their homes. People need socks. I'm wearing two socks myself right now. Not not to get too personal, but they're there. People need socks. Nothing wrong with bottled water. They have one for me on the table when I need it. But man without God will die in their sins. And so I've watched this over the years where people used to go out on the missions mission field and preach. There was a great missionary evangelist named Dr. T.L. Osborne. When Dr. T.L. Osborne went out, when he relaunched his missions ministry with his wife, Daisy, they went out to Jamaica, and the Jamaican Deaf School brought all of their students, 66 students, to come here. They weren't there to be healed. They were there because, you know, this is the, the late 50s, early 60s. A white person had come to Jamaica from America. Let's hear what he has to say. So they brought the, the deaf school out. It's free to attend. And that night, T.L. Osborne preached on Christ the healer and had them bring all of the children up. And him and his wife, Daisy, prayed for them till 2.30 in the morning. 62 of the 66 deaf students heard and spoke. The next night, they prayed for the next four again, and they heard and spoke. And the next night, this isn't a, a, a joke. The next night, the teachers from the deaf school said, can we have prayer? They said, for what? They said, the government has closed down the deaf school because there's no more students and we need jobs. And today, Jamaica has the highest amount of people attending Pentecostal uh, churches in the entire Caribbean. Why? Because somebody didn't just go and pass out water and give blankets to people. The gospel brings spiritual change to a region. Can you say amen? And I'm preaching on this because one of the things God said that he wants to do in the last days... Uh, Peter quoted it in Acts chapter 2. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Prophecy is supernaturally inspired speech. When people say women shouldn't speak in church. Well, then you should go up and get God to take that out of the Bible. Because you can't prophesy with your mouth shut. And it doesn't say men will prophesy. It says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That means you speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Amen. Then it says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. That's why if I ever see an old man sleeping in my service, I never wake him up. I just just give him the benefit of the doubt that the Lord's showing him something. Amen. Your old men will dream dreams. So think of this. Your young men, everybody say young men, will see visions. And then when it finishes, it says, I'll do this to, your son- to men and women alike. So your young men and your young women will see visions. Young people that are here, and I'm right in the middle. I'm 43. So I'm right in the middle of 86. So 86 is old. Uh, 86 plus is old. And then you have young t- children. I'm in the middle. So I can address both groups. The younger group. Most young people have no vision for their life. They're told to save money, get good grades, so you can go to college, then what? Now, why? you have people running for office that the whole their whole point is, we're going to forgive your student debt. Why? Because they did everything their parents told them. They got good grades, they saved money, they went through college, and there's no job waiting for them on the other side. And you, can, if you want, I can break out the statistics that young people feel completely disenfranchised from life. There's like nothing that has meaning or purpose. But God said one of the things he'll do when you get filled with the Holy Spirit is he will give you, he'll give you a vision in your youth. If you're here and you're 35 or younger, you can expect tonight that as you have an encounter with God, God's going to begin to show you that where your life has mattered. I want you to know if you're younger here, God has a place for you. You're not some number of 8 billion people. God knows your name. God knows the very number of hairs on your head. And as your creator, he made you to do something that when you connect with his power, you will make lasting impact on this earth in Jesus' name. And then it says you're old men. You can have with that old women. We'll dream dreams. That means you'll dream again. You're not meant to just tell people that you're on, I'm on assisted living and then talk with your three friends about what new things your doctor found wrong with you. That's not God's plan for the last days that what the Bible's saying is people that have grown weary and they're 55, 60 and they feel like their life's done, that God will give them a fresh dream where he'll show them I haven't made a mistake. It's not like I meant to call you up to heaven and forgot about you. You are here for such a time as this. And tonight in this meeting, God is going to raise up out of this room men and women that carry the fire and the passion of God to their generation. Old men, old women, young men, young Women, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I don't know if Brother Devin's up there, but if I could have more, more meat in the front, I, I'd appreciate it. Go into all the world. Everybody say, go, go. And, preach. and preach. So you're to go, and then when you get there, you're to preach. That doesn't make any sense. That's what the media mocks, and apparently, Christian leaders must watch a lot of TV. Because it's like they hold the same opinions now. Well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, people have real problems. You just get up there with a microphone and speak to them. They need homes. They need socks. They need food. See, you're addressing the branches on the tree instead of the root of the tree. Until something changes on the inside of you, nothing ever changes on the outside of you. On the flip side, when you have something changed on the inside of you, I don't need socks. I got my own. I don't need undershirts. I bought some yesterday. I'm not in need. I have Jesus on the inside of me, and he not only meets my needs, he gives me an overflow to meet the needs of other people. Can you say amen? So the world mocks preaching. It's why Paul called it the foolishness of preaching. You know, if you were sending aid to the Ukraine, no one had a problem with it. But there were some Christian groups that when they sent their aid, if you went to pick it up, they told you about Jesus and gave you a Bible, and that was on CNN. You know what I've kind of done? I've just made a note of everything that CNN doesn't like about the church or the ladies on The View or secular media. And i paid attention. What is it that ticks the devil off? Why can't they just give up food? Why do they have to tell them about their God? So then you start getting insight into how the devil feels and what irritates him. How come they, you know, I heard a lady on The View say I don't mind people praying, but some of these Christians feel like that they can actually hear God answer back. That's when you have a mental problem. Well, so then you realize... That the devil doesn't mind you just going through the motions of prayer. But when you enter into prayer in the spirit and expect to hear God answer you, then the devil has a problem because you're accessing the plans from heaven to defeat his stuff. God, tonight and this year, there's been a separation in the church. And now, those that I'm talking to, you've stood. You're not the tares. You're the wheat. And God is going to anoint you with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have the most fulfilling year that you've ever had. Listen now, I'm not saying this to get people excited and clapping. I'm telling you from my heart, as a servant of God, there is nobody here that if you could have a one-on-one talk with God, he'd say, no, I actually don't really have any plans for you in particular. You know, just be faithful to church. Everybody has something that God has assigned them to do. God has a place. I love First Kings 17. They were in famine. And God told Elijah, go and live by Kareth Brook, and eat what the ravens give you. For I have commanded them to feed you. Everybody was confused. Nobody knew where to get food. But God told Elijah exactly where to go. Where his provision was. Say this from your spirit. God has a place for me. God has a place for it won't matter what happens this year. It won't happen if Jesus tarries what happens next year. God always has a place for you. Where there's provision and peace. His paths are peace. Can you say amen? And then when you go there, God will show you where your your worth is and what he has for you to do. Say, God has a place for me. And somebody needs to say this so they can hear it themselves. Say, God hasn't forgotten about me. So his will, he's given you his general will here. Go. You should be on the move for God. God's will for your life is not to watch the prices right every afternoon and wait to get a, a social security check. Or government assistance. There's something God has for you to do to make an impact in this world. Can you say amen? Amen. Go into all the world, and when you get there, preach. That's what Jesus did. You don't read a big sandal distribution ministry from Jesus or blanket distribution. He taught, then preached, then healed. Say that with me. Taught. Taught, preached, Preached. Healed. Because God's word is living power. You start getting something on the inside of you called faith. For faith comes by? And hearing by the word of God. Faith is the opposite of fear and faith is the opposite of unbelief. Those are the two things that cripple most people. They have unbelief. I don't know if things are going to work out. I don't know how I can do it. Makes you think less about yourself, less about your ability. Unbelief. And then they have fear. Fear what if i make these moves what if things don't work out but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god faith's coming into your spirit right now faith will take somebody that's on the verge of killing themselves or leaving their wife or shutting their business down and in one hour will make them jump up on their feet and say god's making a way where there is no way i'm going to do what god's called me to do and be what god's called me to be if you can testify to that go ahead and do what you're already doing clap your hands all ye people Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Somebody say "Preach." preach. So you make the word your main thing. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be damned. And these miraculous signs will follow everyone who believes. How many people will it follow? Everyone. Everyone. That was just for the first 12 apostles. First of all, they were already down to 11. Judas didn't make the cut. These signs, it doesn't say these signs will follow the first 12 apostles. It says it'll follow everyone who believes. How many believers do we have here tonight? Amen. Well, the Bible says, now you got to fulfill that first part. If you'll get on the move for God in the thing that he's called you to do, Then the Bible says, these things will just happen really without much effort on your part. It's almost like you have to, not almost, you have to shut it off rather than try to turn it on. And that's where seminaries come in, to help you learn how to shut it off. That actually was only for the first 11 apostles. What verse is that? doesn't say in the Bible, you added that. Jesus said, these signs will follow everyone who believes. Peter, when he preached it, said, this promise is to you to your children, and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God would call. So it never died out. Paul didn't tell Timothy, I'm getting very old, Timothy, so whatever you're going to get from the Spirit, you need to make your way and do it quickly because soon it's going to die out. He said, take the thing that I passed you by the laying on of hands and give it to others who are, are good men that are capable of carrying it. You know, if you watch when they do the Olympics and they pass the torch all through the country, that's happened since the day of Pentecost. That same fire that was on their heads got passed down to Timothy and his generation. Then the next generation of church fathers, you can find it all through church history. 1100 A.D. there was speaking in tongues before Azusa Street. They called them the sign people. In in Rhode Island in different places where they'd speak in tongues, the difference is they treated speaking in tongues like falling under the power. Falling under the power is not a doctrine. It's something that happens when people get prayed for. So they just thought, oh, sometimes people get blessed and they'll speak in tongues for 90 seconds or two minutes and it's just that. What happened in, in, in Azusa Street in 1906 was that they realized that it was a doctrine. That the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, not only had it never died out, it was something everyone was supposed to have. That fire you read about in Acts chapter 2 that turned Peter from a man who couldn't confess Jesus before a girl at a campfire. Now he's standing in front of thousands of mocking men, quiets them all down, and calls 3,000 of them into the church. That's the power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit because these signs have not died out. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call i want you to set your heart right now i'm not leaving here like i came i came on this way i fought this traffic i'm leaving here and i'm gonna be the devil's worst nightmare filled with the fire of the holy ghost come on if that sounds like you let god hear you tonight in prince george county clap your hands all you yeah i hear the sound of the armies of the lord These signs will follow everybody who believes. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay their hands on the sick and sometimes the sick will recover. Other times they won't. It's not for us to question. No, they will lay their hands on the sick and the sick? Very intelligent group sick will recover. Sick shall be made whole. They'll lay their hands on them. always say they'll lay their hands on them. Yeah, they'll lay their hands on them, not point to the prayer list. We have a list here of people that are in the hospital. Father God, wherever they are, we ask you to go and touch them. God's up in heaven going, thought I told you to do that. You lay your hands on them, and they'll recover. That's God's instruction. Anytime I've been called to pray for someone and I didn't feel a drop of the anointing, and they looked really bad, I would quote that scripture just to build my own faith up. Father, I thank you that you said when we go into all the world, we're to lay our hands on the sick and they'll recover. So I hold you to your word because when you don't feel anointed, it doesn't matter. The word of God is always anointed. Can you say amen? Amen. I feel faith coming alive in this room. The devil's going to take the worst beating in 2024 that he's ever had in this nation. In Jesus' name. They'll lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. But what about if there's new diseases like COVID? How would Jesus, you actually heard people say this, like people that are supposed to be intelligent. How would Jesus have ministered with a new disease out like COVID that's communicable? You think Jesus ministered? There are no communicable diseases. Um, You ever heard of leprosy? How was leprosy spread? Touch. Did Jesus say to the leper, ah! Don't come any closer. (laughs) Matthew 8, 1 to 3. There came a leper beseeching Jesus. And the leper said, sir, I know if you want to, you can heal me and make me clean. He knew Jesus had power, but he didn't know whether he was willing. Jesus said, I want to. T.L. Osborne and F.F. Bosworth said, when Jesus answered that leper, because Acts 10, 34 says, God is no respecter of persons. Say that with me. God is no respecter of persons. Acts 10, 34. God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, everybody, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So when God answered that leper, you should read your Bible that way. What God does for one, he'll do for anyone. These are not records of special people that God chose to heal or use. If you repeat the steps they took with the heart that they had, you'll replicate the exact same thing in your life. The Bible says these things are given to us as an example or an example. So you read Elijah's prayer life. If you copy it with Elijah's heart, not out of some duty, you pray like Elijah prayed. Daniel's secret was prayer as well. David's secret was praise. All the some people, their secret was giving. I've tried, instead of pushing one button, to take them all. Prayer, praise, giving, preaching, praying for the sick. All the things that God has his approval on and just thrust yourself into it. Maybe because there's so many younger people here, I feel myself getting pulled in a different direction. But I'm telling you that if you will submit to this, living for God is the greatest life that there is. I had lived for God in my youth. I've been serving the Lord since two, May 10, 2002, when I graduated from Bible college. I'm telling you, it is wonderful to serve the Lord. There is no greater privilege on planet Earth than serving Jesus Christ. It's full of reward. It's full of blessing. It's full of joy. And you're going to experience that life because God's putting his hand on people right now in this meeting in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, can you say amen? These signs will follow everybody who believes. They'll take up snakes with safety, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. When the Lord had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere. So they listened and preached. And the Lord worked with them or through them, confirming what they said with many signs and wonders. I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Many signs and wonders. I have a scripture to go with it. Go to Isaiah eight eighteen. I don't know how it's going to say it in the New Living, but I might have to quote it in the King James. Isaiah 8, 18. Say with me, many signs and wonders. Many signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Isaiah 8, 18. I and the children the Lord has given me, they are to serve as signs and wonders. Let me see in the NKJV like me have it up. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and for wonders in Israel, said the Lord of hosts. Let me read it one more time. I feel the anointing on it. Who dwells in Mount Zion. Here I am, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and for wonders in Israel. We're getting close to election time. You're going to have people say, I'm for Biden. You're going to have other people say, I'm for Trump. If somebody fell out in a coma, they're going to say, I'm for Nikki Haley. Not really, she got booted out of the the race a long time ago. But you're going to have people say, "Uh," there's lots of people, if you question them, they're for this or they're for this other thing. I'm for fighting climate change. I'm for workers' rights in auto union. That's their thing. The Bible tells you, as a child of God, you're four signs and wonders. And that has a twofold meaning. Number one, you are to contend for that. You know, when you hear people, some of you grew up in churches where they'd say every Sunday, Lord, we're open to your move. We're open for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants today. But the Holy Spirit never moved, and there were never any miracles or any signs and wonders, because that's not contending. That's given lip service. You know, when you have a paper, and on that paper it's got everything that's going to happen from 10 a.m. till 12.05 p.m. to the minute, and then you say, Lord, you're welcome to move, you're, you're lying, because you've actually scheduled them out of the whole service. So they would give that, because Pentecostals knew they were supposed to say that kind of stuff. Lord, we're open to whatever you want to do, We have no plans, but your plans. Meanwhile, they had a plan right there. There's nothing wrong with being organized. I'm not knocking that. But when I say I am the children you have given me, they are for signs and wonders. It's not just I'm open to be used in signs and wonders. Paul told Timothy, covet earnestly the best gifts. You're to have a covetousness that I want to be used by God in the realm of the supernatural. Can you say amen? Anything you don't desire, you don't deserve. Anything that you don't have a longing for, you'll never have. Nothing in the spirit just drops on you. There has to come a passion. Okay, if I don't have to be a whipping post in life, which is what they're going to teach you in most churches, that life's about getting your head hammered in by the devil, the devil attacks, we all go through things. No, I'm not for being a victim. I am for signs and for wonders. Do you know what that means? Not only am I to live above the attacks of the enemy, I am to live wielding God's power to set people free from the attack of the enemy. Somebody say signs and wonders. I'll tell you one right now. In Baltimore, or sorry, outside of Boston, Massachusetts, I was preaching and that meeting went five weeks. It was a church of 140 people and we had 327 first-time decisions for Christ. This is when I was 31. They had to quickly build a new church to house everyone. The Lord was moving in a powerful way. And I, I don't want to get too sidetracked. But if you're called to be an evangelist, there's a twofold part to that calling. Because the Bible says that all these ministry gifts are given to the perfecting of the saints and the building up of the church. So there's crusades out to win the lost. But then the, any evangelist has to open up for them in the church. I'm in one right now. And so that's not a crusade. You don't start uh, cuz a lot of evangelists if something opens up for them in church, they just hammer everybody about soul winning. We need to be winning souls. No, there's also a part to the evangelist to build up the body of Christ. Can you say amen? But well, then people will get saved too. So I'm preaching, we're having great meetings, God's doing awesome things. Everybody say signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Well, it'd be like this door. If this exit door led to the to the outside of the church, which maybe it does. This guy came in off the street. You know, apparently the devil started taking notice about the meeting. This guy comes in off the street and has a lead pipe. And you can tell he's full of drugs. And he's walking right towards me. You know, church security does what church security does best. Watch. <laughs> and then some, some church has earpieces for their security. So what that does is it allows them to watch while they wear an earpiece. So the guy's walking. walking. With a club, and he's got—you know—I'm not exaggerating. I don't throw this around, but I have been around. You know, my dad's a Pentecostal preacher. This guy was full-out demon possessed. You can see in the eyes. The bus had passengers on it, and so he's walking towards me like this with a lead pipe. And you could tell—you know—the crowd just watches to see what's going to happen. And without thinking, mid mid sentence preaching, when I saw him coming at me with a pipe, you know, my head's thinking, "What am I going to do? Do I have to do hand-to-hand combat?" You know, I have a feeling if I try to block a swing from a pipe, even if I land the block, my, arm, my I'm going to have three arms instead of two. And so when he comes with that pipe, I guess the spirit of my great, my Pentecostal great grandmother came over me and I went, behave. Even when I said it, I thought, who tells someone to behave? <laughs> that word hasn't been used since 1960. And I don't think this criminal cares much about somebody telling him to behave. He's not in first grade, but I said it. I said it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So I'm standing there. This guy's coming to hurt me. And I went, hey, behave. And he went like this. And he went and sat right on the front row and put the pipe under his seat. Sat forward on his seat. And then when I gave the altar call, he was the first one to lift his hand. And he walked right up and received Jesus Christ. You know, I remember thinking, what is this guy doing? How did he get a lead pipe? Why are you using weapons to kill people from the game Clue? <laughs> you have a candlestick in your <laughs> in the trunk of your car. And then he comes up. When I was preaching, I think when I told him to behave, the devil left him. Sat down, was calm, came up to get saved. Afterwards, he waited after for me and he said, hey, sorry for try- for coming in to kill you. I don't know what you say to that. That was the first time anyone ever said, Hey, sorry for coming in trying to kill you. Hey, don't worry about it. We all have bad days. See you tomorrow night at 7. Well, what happened? That's one of the things that caused that meeting to go five weeks because it was a sign to the people. There were people there that had only been saved five days three days and they start realizing this isn't some christian telling people about christian thought and christian philosophy this is a messenger from the living god who wields his power as a confirmation that jesus is not dead he is alive and he lives forevermore and his word is not dead his word is a fire his word is a is a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces i'm telling you tonight you're not here to get slapped around by the devil you are for signs and for wonders you're not just going to be